Lamella. Lovely cushion header. Coaches don't play episode two. We have the uh, the man myth legend Craig Mikel Smith, uh, former England C, Scotland, St Albans, Olsey. There's, there's a many more. <laughs> um, in this in this podcast, Matt, I just want to talk about just your career from like start to finish. Okay. Um, like any stories, um, just sort of your career as a whole, because you you've been around, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey. It's, I've come obviously through through the non-league route all the way. Uh, lucky enough to play in the national football. Didn't quite make it to the Premier League, but um, yeah, played in almost all the leagues down to non to non-league. Scored in every level I've played at. So it's uh, it's been it's been a great journey. It's been lots of ups and downs. And now I've obviously I'm not retired, but I'm still playing semi-pro football. But yeah. now I, get, I look back at it, it's there's lots of things I wish I'd have done. Like back in the day in my career, when I look back at it now, yeah. Do you um do do you have any regrets? Um, just I think mentality wise, probably like sometimes I was very down on myself, and mm-hmm. I'm a, a bit of a perfectionist. So when it didn't go right, it was I instead of kind of appreciating what I'd done, there's always something more to do, and it wasn't quite right, and it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, which I think ultimately probably cost me the chance of playing in, in the Premier League I think it was too much kind of I was trying to get to the Premier League as fast as I could and yeah. when it wasn't kind of going my way it, that became like the end of the world to me which then obviously in turn it made my performances worse whereas yeah. kind of looking at it now if I had just taken a step back and realised how well I was actually doing um, and then kind of enjoying the process at that moment in time I think I, I would have gone on to play in the Premier League Yeah I mean you were close as well when you were at Brighton, as well. But we'll get onto that later. I just want to st- I want to start out at the very, very start, St Albans. Yeah. Because you're obviously you're in the youth academy then, and I think I've, I've got it written down here. Um, it I think it was, what is it, the tenth of March two thousand and one against Billericay. You've made your debut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, talk to me. Were you nervous? Yeah, I like it was. I, I, yeah, I was excited and nervous. Obviously, I'd gone gone and played like Sunday league football, and I'd played for that kind of as you say the, that then it was like a Wednesday team, but it was like the academy for St Albans. Yeah. Um, I was sixteen years old, and obviously getting the opportunity to play uh, men's football, and it was it was really exciting because it's kind of like oh, I'm on my journey now. I'm on my way to to pushing into the league and trying to trying to reach my dream. So. It was nerve-wracking because obviously, sixteen-year-old lad going to play against men who don't really see that age when you step on the pitch. Yeah. They'll kick you and do everything they can to to win the game. Um, but it was it was a great experience. It was obviously I think John Kendall was a manager at the time, so I'm obviously very grateful for him to to be- believe and trust in me. Um, and obviously to to kind of just play 
for kind of it was like my local team. I was born in Watford, and my my granddad and nan lived in St Albans, so it was like it was just lovely to kind of do that. And then obviously see my name in like the back pages of the local paper and stuff was was great. Yeah, I mean for a sixteen year old, I mean I, I'm seventeen, eighteen next month. I just, oh. I can't I can't I think uh, I've I've pl- I've technically played for a men's team. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's last last year. I think. Yeah, I think it was last year pre-season. We had the um, it's the under 18s versus the vets, and we had a lot of lot of new players. And the manager goes, "See, right, Tyler, mate. Um, we don't see. We've seen you've been playing for a few years, so we, we don't need to look at you." And they're down the man. So can you just go over there and just um, just you know, just sort of go in their team? I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, no, why sure. So there's about like 30, 40 year old men. Go, yeah, you want boys? Uh, can I play centre off? <laughs> um, it's a good experience it's good learning learning yeah. it makes you get out of your shell and like a, a kind of it, you've got to be on the spot and learn things because I think that's the only way you can, you yeah. can do it by experience yeah the big thing I noticed is because um, playing that sort of um, sort of the older age group they uh, they talked to me a lot more they said like so like, when you're there do this or just uh, drop back a little bit and that, that communication sort of really helped me Experience you can't you can't buy experience. It's, yeah. it's something you have to learn. And obviously, for younger players playing with older players, no matter what level, they've always got these little bits of advice and these little kind of nuggets of information that that all kind of help the younger players develop as they get older. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so would you say that, that that time at St Albans that was that like a massive like was it a massive learning curve going from sort of like a youth team football to then going to the men's? Yeah. Yeah. I think like. The expectation within the youth team football wasn't massive. Like, obviously, it's disappointing losing games and like bad performances. But obviously, as soon as you step into a, to that level, obviously, it's people are, are playing. They're getting paid for it. They, yeah. they, it's a lot more serious. So it becomes um, obviously when you're playing with the kids and stuff and, and those age ranges, it's like it's enjoyment. Um, when you get to step up, it becomes a little bit more serious. Um, so I learned that obviously. That, that side of it, the physicality was a big thing, playing against kind of full broke men who are, as I said, don't take any prisoners at that level. Yeah. But they're all playing to win, they're all playing to, to, to do well and get out of that league or get a move, so there's no no prisoners taken. So it did, it taught me a lot. Um, it wasn't like, it was, it was enjoyable, but it also wasn't in the fact that I, never, I didn't really play as much as I was hoped to. Yeah. Like, I, when I kind of stepped in, I thought this is going to be like my trajectory, I'm going to come in and I'm going to play really well. And I'm going to go on from there, and and there was kind of changes of managers throughout that period of time. Um, and looking back at it, to be honest, I was very, very raw. Like mm-hmm. things I could get away with in in kind of uh, academy football, I couldn't get away with in kind of the the first team uh, football. So it was it was just a a big learning curve, and and also it, it taught me about disappointment as well, which yeah. is which is what you need. I think life isn't always kind of a, an upward curve it's, it's lots of ups and downs and I think it just taught me like that you, you kind of got to work hard it's, sometimes it's not going to go your way and it's kind of it's just persevering yeah no, that, yeah that's so I think that would be like a massive sort of um, I think it would be like losing and like having those experiences would be good for, for players such as like your age at the time sort of you'd be like my age yeah anything adult football like getting out and playing non-league football and lower league kind of football is amazing especially for the academy kids now like the they they, they live in a bubble really like yeah. academy football is 
is very kind of it's beautiful football. They pass and they move and they do all of these great things and it looks wonderful. But as soon as you step on a, a pitch, uh, lower league pitch, non-league yeah. pitch, non-league players, that all that goes out the window and it, and it ultimately becomes about how much you want it, how much you graft, how much how much grit you've got in, in used. Like you, you have to learn to play on different surfaces. You have to learn to play at different different venues, different pitches. So I think for academy players, like no matter what level it is, it might, it might not seem great if you're going from kind of a Premier League Championship Academy yeah, down yeah. in the league, but the, the experience that the players would get is, is invaluable. So, as, so I'll, I'll, put you, uh, I'll put you in the spot. If you're, you're a manager at Premier League, Brighton, your former club, and you have a few youngsters, would you, rather, would you rather them sort of stay with the club, that youth system? Would you rather, would you rather them go out sort of um, League Two or maybe lower? No, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd want them to go and get experience. It's, there's there's nothing like experience. As I said, you're in a bubble in in the in the academy world. It's you, you're playing the kind of against most often. You're playing against lads that are pretty much the same age and and physicality, and mm-hmm. it's it's very easy ozy. There's not too much on it. Yeah. it you, you kind of obviously they still do play for league positions and stuff, but realistically, it's it's more about their development than it is anything else. Yeah. Whereas you step into to the non-league scene, you step into the lower league scene. It, it's people livelihoods. It's people people who want to achieve. People who've got ambitions of playing in, at higher levels. So it, it becomes a whole new ball game. You can see. I think like Ben White went out. He was playing at Newport County. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I played against him when he was at Newport County, and then he went out to Leeds, and then obviously he's doing fantastically well. Um, Been linked with big Premier League clubs like Liverpool and clubs like that. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot like that. There's a lot of players that, that like I, I played with um, Eze at Oh, Wick- did you? And um, he like you could tell what an, an amazing talent he was, but like he obviously came to Wickham, like he was very humble. He, he came and learned, and obviously Wickham at, that, at the time was state well, same now anyway. They don't play football really. They just yeah. they were, we were going long to Akinfenwar and playing off of him, and so he had to learn the different sides of the game. And obviously then he went back to QPR, done fantastically well, and then he, he got his move to Palace, and, and he's shining in the Premier League. So. Yeah. It shows how important it is. It, it's it's not something to turn your nose up if you're you're an academy player. I think it's something to kind of go out and learn, bring those kind of ideals back to to your, your club that you're at and implement them into into your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with that because I, I I do see you do see a lot of um, lot of players with um, like there's Liverpool centre off. Um, I Williams, I think he. Um, yeah. He, I think last season he was at, I think he was at Kettering, and now this season he's playing in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. So from that, I mean, for a young lad like him, that must have been, I mean, it's mental, really. Yeah, see, there's, there's so many different pathways, and and like there's obviously very very talented academy players that, that go through the academy and go straight into the first team, and but a lot of players don't do that, and a lot of players don't have that opportunity, and especially if they drop out of the game or drop down the leagues and they've never done that, it's a complete shock. And, yeah. and that's why a lot of academy players, when they do drop into lower leagues, they don't really go on to maybe do too much because it's, it's a complete culture shock going from from what they get at the academy to, to what they get in the lower levels. Yeah. yeah. Um, go, going back to... Um, so you're, you're at St Albans and then I think... it Was, was it a loan move at first to Alsey? Yeah, yeah, I went on loan for... For a few games, again, it was like it was disappointing because I didn't. I wanted to be at St Albans. Like I think St Albans were Ryman Div 
Ryman Prem, and I think Arsley were Ryman Div 1 at the time. And I wanted to stay at St Albans. I wanted to kind of play games and get goals. But on the other hand, I, they they were giving me like two minutes here and a minute here. And yeah. it was a case of just like... Wasn't I, enough. Yeah, I needed to play football. I needed to, to go and enjoy it. I wasn't enjoying it. I was, I was just kind of just being there watching other people play football. So mm-hmm. it was a, yeah, it was another experience because, again, it's... It's a little bit lower. It's a different, different teams, different games. Like yeah. different, obviously, it's just another kind of thing to learn um, and a way to learn. And and as I said, it's, it's disappointment. You've got you have to learn about it and and use it for 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 the better. So it was it yeah. was good in a way. Yeah, um, and then that move got made permanent. Yep, in yeah. the in the summer because um, I, I had I think Steve Castle and I think it was a guy called Steve Cook were the managers. Mm-hmm. And I think I was about 19 at the time, and they pulled me aside. Like they had me in, and just basically said, um, "Like we don't fancy you. We've got, we're going in a different direction. Yeah. Um, so, like you're going to have to leave." And, and obviously, lucky enough, I'd gone to Arsley um, previously, and and I think Nicky Ironton was the manager, and he, he wanted me to go and join yeah. them. So, yeah. um, lucky enough, I had a, a club to go to, and and kind of uh, pursue, carry on pursuing my dream from there. Yeah, um, and obviously you had a you had a stint at Aussie, and then what? So during your Aussie career, was there was there one game that stood out? Um, yeah, I think well, there was two. We played Dagenham in the um, yeah, that's what trade, I was looking for. Yeah, the FA Trophy. So then for me, that I knew about Dagenham because at the time they were a big kind of giant killers, and they'd beaten a few teams in the FA Cup over the years. Um, so it was really exciting to go to Dagenham. Like being a stadium that actually, like whole, they, I think they had a, probably about a thousand people there. It was like the most people I've ever played in front of. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, like an amazing experience to, to kind of be on the same pictures that people had seen on on like BBC and the FA Cup and mm-hmm. like playing against. Like I think some of them were full time at the time, so it's just like it was just a great experience. We've done so well. I think I, I set up three goals and we and we drew three and took them back to Arsley, and then. We ended up beating them four two at home, and I think I scored two goals yeah. that that evening. So it was just like it just kind of showed me that I could play at that level. Yeah, um, the reason I say that is because um, believe what my dad was at that game. Oh, okay, <laughs> he, was at, he was at the four two game, and he um, yeah. when I when I said to, when I said to, he's mentioned it before, but when I said uh, to him that I'm getting you on, he goes, "Well, did you know that uh, I was actually at that game?" <laughs> um, yeah. It was wonderful, like to have that because obviously, Arsley. I think we were like two, three hundred people, and I think that night there was must be. I think there was about six, seven hundred people, maybe. Yeah. From, from my recollection, so to have that many people at that game, it was just like and the noise, and obviously we we done so well, we won to win the game. It was just amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was it was amazing. That, that was an amazing time at Arsley. Yeah, and then from from that time, you obviously went to uh, Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, how how long did you spend there? Uh, two and a half seasons, I think I was at Dagenham uh, for. Yeah. So, talk, talk to me about talk to me about that. Was it sort of? Um, would you, Would you say it was um, easy going? Because you said there's also there's full time and uh, semi pro at the time, weren't there? Yeah. What, what What category were you in at that time? When I so at the time I was at Arsley, I was at college. I was at home base, and I was playing football for Arsley. Because I was working towards going to, to Bruno University mm-hmm. um, and because I didn't know whether I was going to be a footballer or not just because of obviously the uncertainty, you just never know. So yeah. it's always worth having a backup plan. Um, so then I joined 
um, Dagenham. Um, but just as I joined Dagenham, I was going to kind of like my um, open day at Brunel University. Yeah. I went down there and looked around and, and had a look. Um, and I knew a few of the lads were full-time at, at, at um, Dagenham. So I went and spoke to John Steele, the manager, and just basically said, look, I'm, I'm part-time at the moment, but I'd love to go full-time. Um, like, what, are the, what is the opportunity? Like, is there an opportunity to do that? And he, yeah, he, yeah that, that's, that's fine. That's not a problem. So we negotiated a, a different contract. Um, so I ended, ended up coming full-time, which was which is amazing because obviously that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a full-time football player. And yeah. like, it was just a, a, an amazing thing going to training every day. Like, and, and at the time, there was, must have been only about eight of us who were full-time. So there was only oh. eight of us in every day other than the two days that the rest of the squad joined in. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, as a, I was, what, 19? So maybe 20, maybe just 21, maybe. So it was just like a real exciting time, like, to, to be going forward like playing in the conference playing with a, a real like forward thinking team yeah. like still at the time started bringing in a lot of youngsters kind of from lower leagues um, and then it was it was yeah it was, it was just a really exciting period yeah so I th- so that must be because not a lot of people like sort of understand that when they because um, I was talking to um, Linus uh, the boxer yesterday and it's sort of the, how sometimes people don't realise just because you're a professional in the sport doesn't mean that you're you're going to be a millionaire. You don't have like a massive house. Yeah. that have all this because yeah. people, because people because like people in League Two they don't in people in the Championship there's only there's only two leagues uh, difference. But there's a there's a massive massive difference between obviously the style of football and sort of like the pay. Oh, huge, huge! As you said, if you say to someone I'm a professional footballer, like if they don't really follow football and don't understand it, well, even if people do understand it to an extent, they don't realise. As you said, probably Premier League, halfway down the Championship, and maybe a few League One clubs. Like you, you, if you stay there for a decent amount of time, you get paid money where you probably are very comfortable after yeah. football. But realistically, a lot of the boys play football for the love of it. They put, they do get paid relatively well but mm-hmm. our, our career only lasts until we're 35 if yeah. you're lucky so after that you've kind of you've got to go and find another job you've got to kind of put your energy into something else um and as i'm finding now because i'm kind of i wouldn't say semi-retired but i'm just semi out of the game yeah it's, it's difficult and i thought it would it wouldn't be as difficult transition as it has been like it's you don't realize how um how kind of much you depend on football when it becomes when it's been your whole life. Yeah, you kind of become institutionalised. It's like in a way, be, you've been in prison. You, you kind of come out of prison and you, you feel like you need to be back in it because that's all you know. Yeah, and it's kind of same with football. Like you come out of life, and now I'm like looking around, and yeah. I should have done this years ago, but I'm like, wow, like I had a structure every day. I was in training. Yeah. I'd train from nine till three. I'd come home. I'd go and play games. So I had a structure for my life, and now it's like. I don't have a structure, so yeah. it's now trying to find things to put in place in my life that create a structure, so I can kind of move forward. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think lockdown has made that easier or harder? Um, I, I, it's kind of like twofold for me because when I got a letter off a contract in August last year, so when my contract finished with Wickham, I, it was last year, and they brought in a salary cap into the leagues. Oh. Uh, and then all, all the clubs, and obviously with, with COVID and everything at the same time, it, all the clubs kind of basically just went, no, we're not, we're not signing anyone, like, we, we need to save the money. And obviously, it, it just it 
stop me from finding a club in the league. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it, was, it just became harder and harder. And, and lucky enough, um, I know people at Bedford Town mm-hmm. so great to to get a contract there because I, I, I still want to play. I still feel like I have a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, it's maybe given me the kick up the backside that I needed mm-hmm. to uh, focus on on stuff because if I'd done another year in the league, would I have looked at kind of setting businesses up and, and doing other stuff outside yeah. of football or would I have left it another year? So it's, it's not the most ideal time. It, it would be better yeah. to do it without a pandemic than so I wouldn't have the, the pressures and everything else of going around it. Yeah, but of it's kind of like, if I can deal with it now, I can deal with it any time. So yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, but um, I didn't, I didn't know that. I did, obviously, I didn't know about obviously the salary cap, and that must have sort of that's obviously hindered your career. But then it's sort of you got to look at it like, well, obviously I couldn't find a club. But then you've got to think, well, but then I've realised that I should, I should maybe look at my life after football. Yeah, yeah. When you're in football, you don't really like you to think, but you never think it's going to end. Like you think it's yeah. like I'm just going to keep getting a contract year on year, um, and then when I kind of get towards the end, then then I know I'll know what I want to do, and it'll be really easy to do it, and that'll yeah. be fine. But in, in say in hindsight, I wish I'd have done this kind of five six years ago, set something up where I could have just it could have just rolled into while I'm when I've come out of it. But as you said, it's like I'm very much a believer of things happen for a reason. Yes, um, and I believe I've been put in this position like all the all the options. That, that I wanted to have to, to stay in the league uh, weren't available. So um, I'm meant to be in the position I'm in now for what yeah. reason I don't quite know yet. It's obviously it's just with life, you just carry, you just you work your way through it and you end up finding the place you're meant to be. Yeah, no, I, I get that, yeah. But um, so I see, um, I, I, was, I was listening to uh, the Peter Crouch podcast and I think they, they mentioned, I think, Gary Neville. Gary Neville didn't know how to make a cup of tea after he retired from football, which, which for someone like me, I thought, what? Like, but then I've read that Crouch was saying like how oh, I've never bought a pair of boxers. Kitman always supplied yeah. stuff like that, and it's just that. Yeah, the higher you go, the the more you're looked after. Like yeah. the guys at the top level, like they don't want them worrying about what kit they've got to wear, where their boots are, all these different things. They don't want that them to have that worry in their head. They want them to just solely focused on training and playing games and winning games. Like it's kind of it's not as much as you go down the leagues, but there's still obviously a focus on the most important thing is 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 football and, and making sure that the boys have got everything that they need to play the games. Um yeah, so it's like as you said, you become institutionalized, you become so used to to a way of living. When you come out into the real world, it's it's a completely different a bit of a shock. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of players like they end up with alcohol abuse or, yeah. or all different kinds of things because it's it's a coping mechanism. It, as I said, like for me, it, it, it's been a real a real shock, and it's I didn't expect it to be as much as a shock as it has been. Um, but again, it's it's just something I've got to kind of work through, and and you say hey, I've been put here in this position for a reason. So it's it's just moving forward from here. Yeah. Um, quick question, and I don't know how. It just came to my head, but could you could you play um, in in the football league again if you're given opportunity? Do you still do you still think that you are you have obviously the talent? Because obviously you're not when players get old, you're not you won't be as fast as you used to be. But obviously, like you said, experience 
is massive for like, especially for like clubs who have like younger players. Do you yeah. think you could offer something? I think if I had a good kind of pre-season, like month, like few months from now, because my league stopped in December, so I haven't played for two months. Yeah. So, but I feel if I had like a, if I work from now, which we are say beginning of March until kind of August when the season starts, I think I could put myself in a great position in great shape. I, I do feel still I've got a lot to offer. Yeah. But I also understand that I'm 37 now and as much as I've got experience like clubs are now looking in a bit of a different direction they do want a little bit of experience but they're very much happier to have young players like um, pick the experience up as they're playing yeah. rather than have experienced players in the in the team so um, I'd love to be playing in the league again but I, I think my path is on is a, is a different one from yeah. that Okay, well, don't worry, mate. You don't look a day over 36, mate. So. <laughs> Thanks. It was only my birthday the other day, so... Happy uh, birthday, mate. Cheers. <laughs> um, so, go, going back to your, uh, your career, then you... I think from Dagenham, you went to uh, Peterborough. Yeah. Right? Um, and now, from from an outsider looking in, it looks like from that and Brighton, Peterborough was sort of your... sort of like your, your golden time, because... because um, Obviously, at Peter, you won uh, League One Player of the Year. Yeah. Point. So, would you would you say Peterborough? I mean, you can't pick favourite. It's like picking a favourite child. But would you say Peterborough was your favourite time as a pro? Yeah, I think so. I think what separated my me having a just a good time at Brighton was probably my mentality. Like, yeah. I went like from from Dagenham, and I joined Peterborough, and I was just I, was, I still I was only twenty three. But I was still, I was kind of very naive. I like, I didn't care if I made mistakes. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was just euphoric of actually like playing in a league. Like it was like, I just played every game and trained every day like it was going to get taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of I trained and played, and and, that, and I think that's why I done so well because I didn't worry if I went through ten one on ones and missed and and these all these other things. So I just I just focused on myself and I just yeah. focused on what I was good at, what I, I could get better at. And I just, and I just hammered at that. And then when I joined Brighton, I think my, my mentality shifted, which probably, again, as I said, it's not, it wasn't ideal and it's probably not helped me at that yeah. time. I obviously got bought for quite a lot of money. Yeah. It was the price tag, uh, sort of, sort of a reason. Yeah. I think I just felt like they bought me for such a lot, a lot of money. So it was like, right, I've, I've really got to prove myself now. Add really, added pressure. Yeah, I've got to score loads of goals and I've got to take them to the Premier League and I'm so close to the Premier League now and it all became more, instead of it being relaxed and it just being carefree, it just became a lot more tense and so if I was at Peterborough and I didn't score for a couple of games, I'd never really like gave it a second thought. I didn't really care how many chances I missed or if I hadn't scored for five games because I knew sooner or later it would change. Whereas with Brighton, I think because we were so close to the Premier League and because the club was obviously pushing on and it was in a new stadium and like the, there was 30,000 people, it just became, I think I ended up putting more pressure on myself. I think if I just relaxed, because looking back at it, at one point I started the championship season, I think I had eight goals in 11 games. Yes, you had. You went through that spell where you, because I, I did, I, I watched an interview with, um, when you, uh, I don't think you were at Brighton at the time, but you did an interview for Brighton TV and you said, I think, I think you sort of, um, you sort of relaxed, at sort of that time. Yeah. And that's where you had that sort of, um, that start. But was that, was that sort of the time where you scored that overhead kick? Uh, Burn against Burnley. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that was like that season. So I, I started pretty well in my first season and then I only ended up scoring 10 goals. But I, again, I started well when I was relaxed and then I got a bit more uptight and I didn't finish great. Yeah. And then the next, se- the next season, I was, I was so relaxed and I was literally on fire. And I, and I can remember, I ended up putting my hamstring against um, Millwall away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like the team didn't, wasn't doing so well. And it was like, right, I've got to get back, I've got to get back. And then, so put a lot more pressure on yourself. Yeah, and I got back in and then I was like, right, I've got to score these goals. Like, I was on fire before and now I've got to be on fire again. And, and then obviously you don't score for a game yeah. and then you can be more uptight and then don't score for another game. And then and people were saying, oh, like, what's happened? And yeah. then it's kind of the pressure multiplies. And more more I was more that in the pressure from me rather than the pressure from the fans, like yeah. my expectations, my disappointment, my like... As I say, when I look back at it, when I, I'm very, really good friends with Adam Eleven, so we were together at Brighton at the same time. And he was, he would, he, when we spoke recently about it, he was just saying like I was on absolute fire at the time, yeah. like playing so well. Um, and he just said like, and in my head, it was like I was playing really bad, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I wasn't doing what I needed to do. Like I still ended up scoring. I think I scored eleven goals in like 22 games that season before I ruptured my Achilles. Mm-hmm. So I was still doing really, really well. It yeah. was just in my head. I got to the point like you that. I was, do more. Yeah, and I wasn't. I wasn't doing enough, and I, like I should be scoring every game or every other game. And yeah. it, I think that, as I said, I think that played a major. I think a major role in in why I got injured as well. Because again, I believe in like positive thoughts and negative thoughts, and the, I had so many negative thoughts at that period of time that I think they all manifested in in me rupturing my Achilles. Yeah, um, but I I think. I think it was either the from Peterborough to Brighton. Um, someone did a scout report on you, and uh, in that scout report, I just want to read this quote: "It was a a rampaging Nordic Viking with long blonde hair." Yeah. Would you would you say that's fair enough to uh, describe you? Yeah, at the time I was like my I had highlighted hair, and it was a lot, a lot longer than it is now. And um, yeah, I think that period of time when I was at Peterborough, I was just like. I was right in my prime of like my. I was hitting the gym really, really well, and I was exactly where I wanted to be with doing the stuff in the gym. Um, I did a lot of work with Mark Robson, who's uh, assistant manager at Peterborough now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of finishing work with him. Um, so there was a, there was a lot going in into like my game, but it was yeah. it was right where it needed to be. It was like I was I was I think I was right on the point of like injury or not injury like I was that finely tuned and yeah. and also I was so driven that season because um in the January Norwich came in to buy me um they were absolutely flying at the time they were like I think they were top of the championship or they were very close to going up and the chairman kind of turned that bid down which was which was disappointing because obviously they went on to, to uh, get into the Premier League that season yeah um but you would you say you were like did you did you hear about it then? Did you go? Did you sort of? You didn't want to kick up a fuss, but you also thought like, well, it, in the few, in the in my career, obviously your goal was to play in the prem. Were you sort? Were you gutted? Yeah, I think like me as a character, and sometimes to to my own detriment, I'm I'm quite a laid back, and I don't want to cause a fuss and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like if I did go and cause a fuss and and knock the chairman's door and say look I'm gonna leave and stuff like that like I, I, don't, I don't know how that would play out I don't know how comfortable I was with that like it's just not your character yeah I'm, but I might have missed out a, a move to the Premier League because of that so 
um, this kind of like a sliding doors moment. Um, then as soon as it kind of it was, they, they kind of turned that down. It was like right, I'm going to get Peterborough promoted um, to to the championship, and and then I'm, I'm going to move on to, to to the next challenge. Yeah, and uh, that challenge was obviously Brighton. Yeah, and um, there's obviously a, there's a massive massive turning point in your Brighton. I think that I think it was. I want to say it was. I think Brist. Yeah, Bristol. Yeah. Um, well, I think I, in the interview you said you were talking. You were talking to someone on the bus about injuries. Yeah. Uh, about was it? Wasn't it the same injury? Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Upson. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a. We had, like, I wasn't really talking. I was kind of listening. Um, and he was just basically said like the worst injuries ever had was like he ruptured his Achilles, um, and it, it was really hard to get back from. Um, and again, it is, like, as I said to you previously, I'm very much a believer of like positive and negative emotions or energy um, and things that are meant to happen for a reason. And, and for me, that was a perfect storm because he spoke about his Achilles injury. I wasn't meant to play that. Uh, I wasn't meant to be on the bench that day. And yeah. you know, been meeting um, Ashley Barnes and Leia Joe uh, are going to start. And uh, Barnesy went down ill. So uh, Gus changed the team and put me up front with uh, Andrea Landy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did it right on half time, oh. so it was literally, it was it was just fate. It was just meant to be, as I said. Like, yeah, you can't have one thing led to another. Yeah, you can't have the emotions in your head like I was having and have positive outcomes. Like, there's mm-hmm. it's just not possible. And like, people may not think that your your thoughts can actually manifest stuff in the real world, but they, they can. And and that and for me, that was just a complete uh, kind of. Um, all the negatives coming together, it was it was almost basically saying, like, if you don't want to move forward, then we're going to make sure she don't move forward. Yeah. Um, with now, don't, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but during that time, were you out for 15 months? I think it was. Yeah, roughly. I think it's like 13, 14 months, maybe. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, for for anyone, like, I've only I've only had like one serious injury. Is when I fractured my foot uh, about two years ago, and I was. Oh. I was out for like two, three months. Yeah, that's that was the worst for me. But going out for another ten months on top of that, I could. I, how did that? How did that sort of like affect your mentality? Uh, it was it was difficult. It was like because I didn't realise at the time how serious like that was. I thought it was going to be four or five months and I'd be back. Yeah, and then they were like, at that minimum, it's going to be nine months. So it was it was real tough. Like it was. Um, but also, I, I I kind of understood why it happened. So it was kind of like I I appreciated all the thoughts I had to put me in this position, and I accepted what how I thought, and I accepted the, the what's happened. And then it was kind of like get just to get on with it now. Yeah. Um, I think as you say, the difficulty was I didn't realize how long it was going to last. I thought like nine months, I'd be back for the beginning of the next season mm-hmm. um, or before Christmas, and then I could crack on. Yeah. Um, and it was hard as well because we obviously we missed out on automatic promotion by about three points I think it was that season and we lost in the playoffs to Palace um, and it's like knowing that maybe if I'd have played a couple of games I could have made a difference was yeah was it what if yeah yeah a, a real big what if like I can like even now I can I can see myself sitting on the bed like on behind the bench watching the the game at home to to Palace and us losing and it was just like it was just heart heartbreaking yeah um but it was it, it, these things happen in football, and you've got to deal with it. So I kind of just, I've got my head down. It was it was just a real interesting process of like having to learn to walk again, um, having to kind of go through all of that kind of jogging and 
Mm -hmm. um, I think halfway through, maybe well, maybe eight or nine months through, I ended up having an issue with my ankle, um, which then kind of pushed the, the, the recovery back to up to about 13, 14 months. Um, and it kind of it completely changed who I was as a, as a player. Really, it was I've gone. I was as I said, I was literally on the verge of kind of injury just because I was so finely tuned. But yeah. I knew exactly what I needed. I was I was sharp. I was powerful. I was strong. And then. 13, 14 months in the gym is not ideal when you're not really running. And I ended up putting on kind of five to six kilos of muscle. Um, which obviously uh, slowed you down. Yeah, which made it more difficult. My running, the, the way I ran and obviously the muscles, how they were being used around my Achilles, um, it, it was it was difficult. So it just kind of changed who I was as a player. So it was kind of like yeah. I come out of, before it, I was sharp and strong and quick and Agile, and then and you come out the other side of it, and then I was I was a bit slow, and I was a bit heavy, and back in Fenway. Yeah, yeah, no, not as big as him, and and <laughs> as him, but yeah, and it, and it was just it was it was hard to to get my head around that because, and then I think since then, for the last few years, well, that was like what was I thirty? So it's the last seven years, yeah. I've been I've been fighting, trying to find who I am as a player, and trying to kind of adjust my game accordingly because I still had pace, but it wasn't. As explosive as it was, um, and it was just kind of um, appreciating that I probably couldn't do everything I used to to do, and which is really difficult as a as a player because when you know what you could do or could have done, yeah. and what you could do at that point in time, it's it's really really tough mentally. Yeah, no, I can I can I can imagine because so, because obviously gaining gaining all that weight, um, all that weight or all that muscle, um, was obviously changed up your style of play, and when you go from not playing football to then gym and then obviously doing the, your jogging and then getting back up to speed and then coming back and realising, well, I can't do this as well, but I have to do this now and sort of changing your style of play. And I've seen throughout this interview, I've realised that mentality is sort of massive throughout your career. Yeah. Because when, when you're not mentally, mentally like there, then you as a, as a footballer suffer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think massively they'd say, I think that's, what I've done when I've done uh, chats before, it's like everyone says, like, what is the biggest like thing people should work on, and it's this mentality. Like, yeah, like it doesn't matter how big, strong, quick, so like if you've got the, the mentality, like great mentality, you can overcome all those things. And mm -hmm. when I was in, at my best, my I, my mentality was like I just switched off and allowed myself to do it, and I, and I always backed myself. But when I was when I was at my worst was when I allowed my my mind to kind of start chatting to me and started putting yeah. thoughts in my head that, that didn't need to be there, that weren't that weren't there, that, that it was just putting it in my head. And maybe it was a maybe it was self destructive. Maybe it was the fact that, that I was I was scared of success or I was, I was scared of success, uh, failure. It's mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's trying to work out what those are and obviously in the future if I can give people an insight or help into that, then that'd be great because it's it's not a nice thing when you when you you know you've got all the ability in the world. You're, you're your own worst enemy, and you can't get out of your way to to allow that to happen. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do hear that a lot of people say like, "You are your worst, your worst enemy." Yeah, yeah. Like because I, I I do see I do hear about um like footballers like mentality like going down because in injuries I see play a big part in that. And so like they're not the players they uh, they used to be. Hmm. But yeah, that's but yeah, it's really interesting because I because um. Because like you said, when you, when you more calm, when you're more calm, you don't really sort of not sort of not not care about it, but you just sort of 
But you, like, you miss you miss a chance in training, you won't think about it. You just go for the next one, and yeah, if you just appreciate, yeah, definitely, definitely. If you just appreciate that moment, like, I think that's what kind of unstuck me a little bit again was, was the thinking of the future rather than being in the moment and playing for the moment. It was it, it became like what what should be happening in the future yeah. and what I should be doing in the future rather than just being in the moment and, and taking it for what it is. So it's yeah, it's, it, it's, it's as, as I said to you earlier, it's great to look at it now because I can look back and um, and say these things. It hurts a bit. It's, it hurts a bit to say these things because when I see players who are doing well now, it's like. Oh, I could have been doing that, and I should have been doing that. Um, but also, kind of, I'm I'm fighting to let it go uh, because I can't carry it with me. I, I I achieved an amazing amount in the game from from where I come from. Yeah, is which is great, and and that's what I should be appreciating rather than the stuff that I didn't actually achieve. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a good way. Of, that's a good way of thinking about it because obviously, come from um, from St Albans into low results. I think obviously is the lowest you've went. Yeah, yeah, and to go up to the championship and wait you could you if you look if um something's changed you could have you could have played in the prem yeah so from someone looking looking in i think that's something you should be immensely proud of yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just it's, it's how you look at it isn't it and yeah. the older i've gotten the more time i've had to look at it that's how, that's how my kind of outlooks become it's just hard when you're in it you, you kind of you need someone to pull you out and take you ten years down the line and say, "Look, this is this is what happens if you don't pull your head out your ass, basically." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've uh, I've prepared some uh, questions as well before we uh, do it. It's sort of um, sort of just simple questions you would ask someone. Okay. Um, what What was the hardest game you've played, and what was sort of the sort of the best game you played? Sort of a game you look at, you remember. Sort of, like, I had my most fun. I did my, I did. It could be like the overhead against Bur- overhead kick against Burnley, that sort of thing. Um, I think like, I, I was lucky enough. I played against Spain, yeah. and I, I go like at that period in time again. I was doing really well, but I was still questioning myself a little bit. So obviously, to come up against the, like the best team in the world at the time, it was like, and I'm, am I going to fall on my face here? Like I'm, I'm representing a nation. That was Scotland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm representing Scotland. Like I've got the shirt on. Like it's on TV. Like, it's like, am I going to fail here or am I going to succeed? And I think it was probably a, the first couple of minutes I, I, I was really nervous yeah. and it was absolutely baking. It was it was a night game, but it was just baking hot. Um, Definitely so, wasn't in Scotland then. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't get sun there. <laughs> so it was like, it was, yeah, it was just, it was so hot. And so a couple of minutes in, just, just trying to stay in the game. And then I think I've, I got the ball, or the ball went over the top, and I outpaced Puyo, and, and then I, put, and I went shoulder to shoulder with him, and like knocked, knocked him away a bit. So then I gave me real confidence in that game. Yeah. And then, like for the next, in my like for the next kind of whatever, how long the game lasted, I, I just felt like I was right in the zone, and I, and the back four I think was Jordi Alba, Sergio Ramos, Pique, and Puyo, and it was like I I gave him the run around, I, I won a penalty, I yeah. could have had. The goals on another night, um, but it was, it was just an amazing experience. And I, even after after twenty minutes, I thought I was going to have to come off because I was literally I thought I was going to pass out because it was so <laughs> hot. And I, you know when you you play and your your mouth gets all dry oh. and you can't swallow any saliva. And yeah. I was just panicking more and more. I was thinking like I'm going to pass out on this pitch. Yeah. Like I'm going to fall down and I'm going to have to get carried off. But 
then you like, put a masterclass against Paul Yale, then, it, then your confidence goes up a bit. Yeah, yeah. and uh, lucky enough, I got to half time and I just got a massive towel and I drenched it in the, the ice bucket and I just sat in a corner with it over my head. Um, and but it's just like, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And to, to think back on it now and like all the little things that happened and kind of seeing all the fans, like there was tens of thousands of Scotland fans before the game. And yeah, yeah it was just like, just kind of what you work for. And it's that, that, was, that game was probably the best game I've ever, I've probably ever played. Like that's how I should have played every week in, week out if I'd have just let myself. Yeah. Yeah, would you, would you say would you say that was the hardest and best game you played into one? Would you say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think like, I learned a lot in that game. Like obviously, what world class players do and like how they how they act and how they kind of receive the ball and treat the ball. Um, and it was also like it gave me so much confidence. I think I went and I must have done well after those few games uh, when I went back to to Brighton. And I think it's just like it was like that's how I need to play week in week out. But again, yeah. my kind of perfectionism took over instead of just being in a zone and playing it, it, it kind of it was it was always like a, a benchmark like you've got to go back to this and play like this and, and because you're playing against Spain you've done so well so now you're going to go and play against uh, just say who was at the time just say Leicester within the champ at the time you've got to go and score a hat-trick now against Leicester because you've played yeah. so well against um, Spain so there was it was definitely the highlight of my career um, and I learned a lot both Good and bad. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, pulling pulling against a um, a masterclass against Puyol, and they come back to Brighton. Go, hey, do, you see, do you see what I did the other week? Other weekend, lads. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to say. It's it's amazing to look at, and I've got all the, the like the shirts and and my Scotland shirts and everything. It's just it it as I said, it's it's trying to let go of the past. It frustrates me because I know how much I I left of myself or how much I didn't allow myself to become the player I should have been yeah uh, that's 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 the real difficulty but again it's it's the past so um I think as I said this this period of lockdown and this transition into my next stage of football is is allowing me to probably experience that because once and then once I actually find the niche or where I want to be um I hopefully will get to the point where it doesn't matter what happened in the past yeah um so obviously you mentioned Scotland can you um so obviously you're 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 Hertfordshire lad. You're from Watford. Yeah. Um, can you talk to me how your first first cap um, came for Scotland? Uh, so my my nan on my dad's side is is Scottish. Yeah. Um, so, so when I joined Peterborough, I had a, had a chat with with Barry at the time, um, and he was like very fry, and he was like, uh, "Can you qualify for any other um, nations?" Right? And I said, "Well, my nan's." Scottish, and, I'd, and if the opportunity come about, I'd love to play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the time the manager was George Burley, and I, I think he may have put it to him, and I don't think anything came came of it. Yeah, so I never thought of anything again. And then obviously the season that I left Peterborough, I was on on fire, scoring goals left, right, and centre. And um, I got a phone call from from Barry saying that um, Scotland they want to call me up um, to play against Brazil. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, they're, they're playing Brazil at the the Emirates. Like, you'll get a phone call from from Craig Levine, and he'll explain everything." And um, so I think we played Milton Keynes, uh, no, Bristol Rovers away, and he he rang me after the game and, and had a chat with me. And then we, I think we played Milton Keynes, and then I went down to the meet the teams. So I think the game was on a might have been on a Saturday, 
Um, it's, it's the most nervous I've ever been, like going down to meet this, the, the Scotland team. Because um, at the time I was in League One and most of them were playing in the Premier League or yeah. maybe at the top of the champ. So it was like me like coming, like, again, like a young like a lad coming from kind of non-league yeah. to be in the Scotland squad and just, yeah, I've never, I've never felt so sick and so nervous in my life meeting everyone. Yeah. Um, but lucky enough, like we, I got there and I think I did a trade. We did a training session at the Emirates, um, which was great fun. And they were a great bunch of lads. They were really accepting and, and yeah. got involved. Um, and then to kind of go to the Emirates, see all the, the, the crowd and like the, the, the Brazilian fans and the Scotland fans and the flags um, and then see the kit hang up with my name on it, it was just was mind mind blowing. It was just amazing, and yeah. being out in Europe, seeing like I think Neymar was there, and um, uh, David Luiz and Thiago Silva, and all these people, David Alves. It was just like wow, like this is just surreal. Yeah. Um, but then to kind of sit there, watch the game, and then kind of come on for the last five minutes, it was just it was just amazing. It was just such a like an amazing experience. And my, lucky enough, my nan and all my family, my, like my partner, everything, they were all, they were all at the game. So it was just like, it, it couldn't have been an, uh, any better for me. Yeah. I mean, MK Dons to Brazil is sort of, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can get a bigger jump in football. No, no, it was, it was different, two different classes of football. Like we went, I think we drew nil-nil that day against MK. Yeah. And then I think we lost 2-1 and I think Neymar scored two goals. Can't be sad uh, about that though, can you? No, no. Watching him play, I think at the time he must have been eighteen, and he was just like ridiculous. Like he was just unbelievable. So it was just like, yeah, just to kind of see what League One football was, and then to see what the like the best in the world are like. It was, yeah. it was amazing. Um, I mean that that leads sort of leads me on to my uh, my next question because um, who who is the hardest hardest player you've played against, and who's the best player you've played with? Um, I think league, like wise well, throughout the leagues, I, I, I think the hardest defender I've really played, played against was either uh, Wes Morgan was always really, really difficult yeah. to play against because he like he was strong, yeah, he was quick, he had good positioning, like he was he was always a real tough defender to play against, and then played against uh, Koscielny when he was at, at Arsenal and like didn't realise how quick he was mm-hmm. uh, playing against him, so they're probably the two of the, the toughest I've played against. Um, the best, oh, wow. Being very lucky like to play with some real great, great players. Um, like Sean Maloney. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else have you got? Like James Morrison. Was great Darren Fletcher. Yeah. You said that Ashley uh, Barnes as well at Brighton. He, he's now in the Prem. Barnes, he's done amazing. Because I joined, I joined Brighton and he's done fantastically well this, the, the, for their promotion winning season. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of joined and... We, we had a great partnership together, really. We, we were doing pretty well. Um, and then I think Leo Ajoa came in um, and he became like the number one. And then um, and Barnsley wasn't really getting much game time. So he um, moved to, to Burnley um, and he's done fantastic. Like, I'm absolutely like, over the moon for so, like, what he's achieved. Like, he's, he's gone on, he's become their main striker. He's scoring goals regularly in the Premier League. So it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic to see. You were just a better Chris Wood, though, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we had a good partnership. We had a like, a, a, as I said, it, with, with my mentality, if it, it was a little bit different, I think we would have had a great partnership, and I think we'd have scored a lot more goals together, um, and I think we would have, we'd have achieved a lot. Um, as I said, we enjoyed our time there, 
Um, obviously, he he didn't he wasn't involved as much, and he went on and he kind of didn't allow that disappointment and not being at Brighton to, to hinder him. And he, he's he's made that that adversity into a massive massive positive. Yeah. Um. And now, so when you were, when you were at Brighton, um, I think wasn't it um Sammy Hipcher, uh, he came in. Yeah. And, um, is it is that when you sort of uh, struggled? Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was tough. Like I came off, obviously, I'd come back in the uh, April maybe of the that that for the previous season. So I'd only kind of got like a couple of months of, of well, not even really playing. I didn't really play a full game. I, I came on about four or five times, um, and then that summer it was kind of get fit, get try and get myself fit from the injury, um, and then give myself a best chance like the following season. And obviously, uh, Oscar Garcia left, and Sammy came in. Um, but it was it was so tough because I was I was hadn't played for thirteen months. Yeah. Then obviously we had a summer break and then we're back at it. It was I was just trying to find who I was as a player. I needed to play games regularly because I needed to to get the, the fitness back, the sharpness back. I needed to kind of lose the the muscle bulk by playing games. Yeah. And you only kind of get your sharpness and your your, your football brain back properly when you're playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played a couple of games under. Under Sammy, um, and and it was okay. And then the team we didn't start, we didn't, weren't performing very well. Um, so he kind of brought in different players. I think he brought in Darren Ben, which is not a bad guy to bring in. Yeah. And he kind of said to me that you're not really going to get much football. So, um, which was disappointing because I don't feel I got real a, a real good chance. Yeah. And I think the more games I played, I feel the better I would have got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I obviously went back to Peterborough. Because um, I just I know the club and um, it was just maybe it was a safe move. Maybe I could have probably gone to the championship and um, and that. And but I ended up doing a safe move to Peterborough. Um, I played there two or three times, and, and in that period of time, Sammy got sacked. Which it's a shame, really, because his, his his tenure started off great. He like the, his he came in and his his football is very much how Liverpool play now. And I, I think like I said previously to people he's his his football was ahead of the time he was he was ahead of the curve like he came in and he wanted our fullbacks both our fullbacks to get on high he wanted the two centre midfielders to, to drop in as a box um and kind of very much how Liverpool play now and we played Leeds United away at Ellen Road and, and we had 70 70 possession one two one and it was like we were like Barcelona and it was like oh my god we're gonna walk the league it was it was ridiculous and then team started to figure out what we were doing and, and I don't think at that time we had the greatest of squads and the greatest of players to, to play how he wanted to play. Yeah, the consistency. Yeah, so only over time it, it just it didn't work and he got he left uh, at Christmas and I think Nathan Jones came yeah. in. He brought me back to play a few games um, and then he stepped back and Chris Hewton came in um, and they were very, very difficult because we were battling uh, relegation and we were playing kind of four-five-one regularly. We weren't really creating any chances. So as a forward, it was just it was such a hard, yeah. hard period of, of of football. And again, coming off of a long lengthy injury and like kind of playing here and there, I was ne- it was never going to work because I couldn't get into a rhythm to get my kind of old self back. Yeah, I mean, going from so going from that like that high that high um, that high press that sort of a fast passing football of Sammy 
to then go into the four-five-one of Chris Hewton. From I, 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 obviously you can see in why why uh, why he did it, and Chris Hewton is very he's a very accomplished manager. Mm. Um, but I think going from that, that might that sort of not unsettled the squad, but they did they sort of have to sort of adapt very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, the main aim was to keep the the club in in the division. Like that was that was his his ultimate goal. And if that meant kind of uh, sacrificing um, exciting forward play and expansive forward play and going forward and trying to score goals um, and just keeping clean sheets, then and then that was the case. And as I said, for the attacking players, it was very very difficult. I think Lewis Dunk ended up being the, the top goal scorer that season. Shows how hard how bad it was for the forwards. Um, but he, he's, a, he's, he's a great guy, Chris. Like he's obviously gone on and he took Brighton into the Premier League. Yeah, that's the whole reason I joined the club because I, ultimately I knew the club would end up in the Premier League. It had, it had the vision, it had the resources, it knew where it wanted to go. Yeah. Um, obviously, sadly for me, it wasn't meant to be. We had, I had a, that with Chris, um, and he just felt that I wasn't like um, where I used to be, how I used to be as a player, and he didn't feel like it was I was needed at the, the club anymore. Um, I didn't have any like I uh, wasn't uh, annoyed with him or anything because I knew yeah. I understood what he was saying. I, I maybe disappointed with the way we'd played, we'd been playing, and and maybe not kind of I don't know maybe kind of give me a, a chance for the next season. Yeah, yeah. I also understand how football works, and it was just it was just a time to part company, and it was a shame because I feel my four years there was uh, was okay. I, there was a lot more I could have achieved. I think. The, the club saw me in fits and starts. Never really saw the real, like the real consistent me of Peterborough, yeah. which, which is a shame. Like I feel there was there was so much I could have offered, mm. but again, it, it's it's it just these things happen. It's that that wasn't the journey I was meant to be on. That wasn't that wasn't my path. So it's it's you, you can't do much more than you you can do in that situation at the time. Yeah, and then after that, you head off to Luton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how? So, I also also um, you scored another overhead kick at Luton, <laughs> but I, I as I was searching up, it was the as their caption the greatest disallowed goal of all time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was disallowed. I think I was on side, but obviously the the linesman was bored that day and felt like <laughs> yeah, felt like ruining it. Yeah, but it was yeah. Luton was was another tough time really. Like I think I jumped too soon. Um, my manager from Dagenham, Steele, was there, um, and obviously we had a chat. And he kind of, obviously, Luton is a, is a is a great club. It's a big club, and he told me that what they wanted to do and what they wanted to achieve. Um, maybe if I'd have kind of just like held off a bit and didn't jump straight in, then there might have been other opportunities um, at different levels. Um, but I went there again. To, to play regular football to, to try and get myself fit and push myself back up the leagues yeah um, and it, it, it didn't quite happen there I, I, I did okay-ish I had another serious injury I broke my ankle in when did I break my ankle like March time mm-hmm. um, and I was out for eight months with, with that injury um, and then in, the, in that period of time Nathan Jones had come in um, uh, and, and also we had good forwards in Jack Marriott Isaac Vassell, Danny Hilton. All championship uh, strikers now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was disappointing because I felt like I'd done a great job. And when Nathan Jones came in, I ended up playing like right wing, left wing, like mm-hmm. in a 10, a forward. 
Um, I think I must have. I think I must have played so many positions for him. So it was, it was just a shame that he never. I, and I understand that there's obviously they are great forwards, but he never really gave me the opportunity once I came back from from being injured. Yeah. Um, so again, I went back to Peterborough on loan. Um, uh, Grant McCann was a manager there at the time, and I played with Grant, and he's a good friend. So it was it was great for him, like the league above, to to give me an opportunity. He could have quite easily said no because he's he's building his own his own thing. But he brought me in, yeah. uh, allowed me to work with with some good players, um, and I think I scored like five goals in thirteen games. And I probably could have scored more if, if the season had carried on, like another ten games. I think I would have got to at least ten goals easy. Um, so it was it was really really enjoyable. It's just a shame that at the end of the season the chairman wasn't looking to bring me in. He thought I was a bit too old at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and looked in a different direction, which is which is disappointing, really, because that season they brought in Jack Marriott, who I played with at Luton, and, and we had a real good relationship. And I, and I think if we'd have stayed together, I think we would have we would have created a real good partnership. But that again, it's it's all ifs and buts. Like I, I done well. I got I got over to I got up to 104 goals at Peterborough. So it's it's something I'm really proud of, and it was a, a kind of a, a landmark that I was trying to get before I retired. Yeah, was was that the season Jack Marriott was absolutely on fire? Was it that season? That was before. So he, I joined. He was still at Luton. I, I left Luton. Yeah. And then and the next season he joined Peterborough, and and they, I went to Wickham. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the season he was on absolute fire that season. So and, and when we were at Luton together, we we got on really really well. We had a great relationship. We we still do now. We still talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a shame. At that time, I felt like if the chairman would have kept me on at Peterborough, I think we would have we would have created with Marcus Madison uh, assisting. I think we would have created a, a real good um, like duo, to be honest. Yeah, because um, I I um I actually had a, a season ticket at Luton. Okay. Um, but I I I um I think I when I first got my season ticket was the season after they lost against Blackpool in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the season I left. Yeah. I, yeah. I came to this. I came after that, and seeing that Nathan, because then Nathan Nathan Jones is obviously, a, I me personally, I think he's close to becoming a Luton legend. Yeah. For, for what he's done, for what he's done for the club, because he um, because obviously uh, took took him from League Two to the Championship, but then obviously in, in between that, they had, that he had went off to Stoke, but we don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. No, he's done fantastic. He was he was a good coach at Brighton. Yeah. Um, he's obviously done done really well. He's he's, he's taken the club, as you said, through the leagues. Um, difficult the Stoke thing because obviously it's it's a major opportunity at a big club. Yeah. Sometimes these opportunities like don't come around again. So sometimes you just got to throw yourself out and see what happens. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. And, and lucky enough, obviously, uh, you, you get a manager sometimes like Peterborough have with Fergie that they they're they're a match made in heaven really. And yeah. He's come back and and the club are on a, on a great run. They obviously they, they won again the other night, one 0 and he's 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 putting a, a great thing together. There's a lot of lads there that were there when I was there who were really young lads, yeah, um, like Glenn Ray, like uh, uh, Pelly, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, um, Danny Hilton still there, uh, the um, so they, he's built a built a fantastic team team there and he, and he plays a, a, a great brand of football so yeah. um, obviously for the, for, the, for the club it's just getting into a, a new stadium and, and um, kind of increasing that, that fan base and, and mm-hmm. fan in the ground yeah and um, from from there you went to uh, you went to Wickham where they are also 
they're also another club from League Two to Championship. Yeah, yeah, and I, lucky enough, I've been on that journey. Uh, again, it's been I played a bit and, and not been involved a bit, so it's, it's been great. They, they're a fan, fantastic club. It's 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 been a, a real interesting journey, almost going out of business and yeah. a new chairman coming in. Um, I, I, I kind of got a phone call from Barry Richardson, who I, who I know, who was a goalkeeping coach, and my, my real good friend of mine, Sam Saunders, was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Alab joined them, um, so so it, was, it seemed a real good project. Like um, Fenwar, Barry Fenwar, Marcus Bean, Nathan yeah. Tyson. So it was a lot of older players. But yeah. when, I, when I met them all and, and had a chat with them, it was like every one of them still had something to prove. Every one of them believed they still had what it takes to play higher up in, in the division. So yeah. it was a real exciting project. It was a, we were real underdogs because teams and well, the, the people didn't believe that we were going to do anything. They thought that we were going to get relegated. And our first season, we got promoted to the to League One. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 an, it's an absolutely amazing story, but like what, um, what they've done. And, yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of players. Obviously, it's a bit like Luton because um, they have what's so like Akin Femo from there for League Two. Um, another, another, I think uh, Nick Freeman. He, yeah. he, um, isn't. It, I think he's from. I think he's from Alzey. I don't. Know, it might be. I know. I know. He's, he's on loan at uh, Leighton Orient. I think at yes. the moment. He's a, he's a great player. Like, yeah. he's, the club's done. Like they've still got a kind of five or six that have, that have come through all the leagues with the club. It's it's probably one of the best or the best dressing room I've ever been involved in. Yeah. It, like the mentality, there's kind of the siege mentality, like no one can beat, break us. Togetherness. Yeah, everyone, everyone wrote Wickham off. Like the first season we were there, we got promoted to the League One. The second season, everyone thought we were going to get relegated, um, we, which we almost did. But at one point in January, we were three points off the playoffs. And then the next season, up and down. Yeah, and then the next season, everyone thought we were going to get relegated <laughs> and got promoted. So, it's, it's it was that belief like that that belief drove that club forward and yeah. I really hope they stay up because I think it's really disappointing that they've achieved that that, that amazing achievement to get to the championship and there's no fans in the stadiums I think oh, yeah. it, it's, it's it's not it's not right and I'm just I'm, I'm praying that they can stay up because I want the boys to experience like what it's like to be playing in the championship week in week out with 20 30,000 people every week it's yeah if some of the lads may never have that opportunity again, and like the likes of Matt Bloomfield, who's been there 14 years, he he deserves that. He's he's yeah. he's given his his whole kind of life and career to Wickham, and as as much as I think it's a it's a real proud moment for him to be playing in the championship, it's it's that real proud moment of having your family there and yeah. and they walking out in front of 30,000 people at maybe at Pride Park or at, at these amazing stadiums. Yeah, I think I. For a, for a club uh, club like Wickham to do what they to what they've done is just it's amazing and I I do hope they stay up because they're a club that um, I would say that they're um, they're a second club but I, I look at them and they sort of as a Luton as a Luton season ticket holder they sort of went on the journey with us yeah yeah they sort of um, because we we went up and they went up and then we went up and then they went up and then obviously I think. I think for a team like Wickham as well, they do get a lot of um, a lot of stick for the uh, for the football they play, but it's how they it's how they've got there. Yeah, it is. It is, and the, the problem is with football. Everyone expects like everyone expects football should be played a certain way, and that's not the case. It's like the whole point of playing football. Yes, you want 
to yeah. watch using football, but ultimately for a manager, it's winning games. Yeah, and Wickham have got a way of playing, and it may not be the the most beautiful way of playing, but it's productive and it and it's successful. And it, what Gareth has done an amazing uh, job there is that he gets players to buy into that, and he gets players who have got probably great footballing ability to go and do the the horrible stuff and run around and and rat about and yeah. do those kinds of things. So it's it's all credit to him, really, like his kind of recruitment and how he goes about it to a team like that and to be fair as a manager he's quite he's very good with the dressing room because he's just he's very standoffish he doesn't come in and get involved a lot yeah. he's got four or five main people that are all different ages that he speaks to and, and he'll get them all together and he'll explain his what he sees and how he sees it then they'll go back and report it to the dressing room yeah and, it, and then the dressing room polices itself and I think that's a great way because it's it allows him to kind of stand off and, and allows the dressing room to, to kind of make sure that everyone's pulling pulling in the right direction. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, and from and from Wickham, obviously, obviously what we talked about earlier with obviously the, the, the salary cap and how you found it hard to find the club and you've ended up at um, Bedford Town because you didn't, you, uh, you knew people at the club. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've known, known the chairman, uh, for a while now, and um, he's got a lot of ambition, really, to take the club forward, um, kind of both on and off the field. So it was, it was a, like, a really interesting kind of like project. Yeah, and I still want to play. It's it's, it's close to where I'm I'm based, so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been great. Like, I've been, I really enjoyed this season. Um, it's been a real, real culture shock, though, going from being in a dressing room with all your kit laid out, with your yeah. name on the back and your boots. Back to and St Alban days. Yeah, yeah, going in there and it's like picking numbers, like the, all the kits are like extra large, so it's all baggy. Yeah. Um, it's like it, it has been like a real kind of culture shock, but like it's also been great because it's kind of like what I'm, I was used to when I was kind of growing up. Um, but it's just a shame because we, I think we would have got promoted this season. We, I think we played eight league games, won five, drawn three, I think. Um, so we were doing really, really well. We, we were putting a real good team together. Um, but then... But obviously everything kind of yeah. stopped. So, um, but as I say, hopefully next season, they'll, they'll still want me to stay there. I still feel fit enough and, and good enough to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully with the stuff that the, the chairman's kind of trying to look into build in the background, that hopefully I'll be able to have some in, involvement in that as well. Yeah. Um, it's been... It's been an absolute amazing, amazing talk with you, but I've got two questions to leave you off with. Okay, no worries. Uh, question number one is, uh, uh, management, do you see yourself uh, pursuing it? Uh, not so much, I don't think. I think it's it's a real minefield, I think, management. Um, it's, I don't think I, I would do that side of it. Um, I love... Kind of, if I was to do anything, it'd be kind of um, away from a football club or kind of like going in and out of a, out of football clubs. Yeah, have people come to me. I think more. I, I want to do kind of striker coaching. Oh yeah. Um, a bit like a superior striker that works with England and does stuff like that. I'm very much into that, and I'm very much into my kind of like my my PT stuff, like yeah. how to kind of get the 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 one percent out. So it'd probably be like a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, combining that and then maybe if clubs wanted me to go in and work with their strikers and stuff then I'd do that rather than like kind of be beholden to a club because there's lots yeah. of politics that go on 
it's it kind of everything can change on a whim and yeah, sometimes good opportunities yeah and it, when you when you're kind of forward and you're doing your shooting practice in training it's like you have about 20 people joining and it, it loses its all seriousness where I, I want people to come to work work with me who are like who want to work with me who come kind of to improve and and yeah. i don't want to be at a club where it just becomes a joke like it's just like oh yeah we we'll just go and do some shooting for fun i want it to be like meaningful yes yeah no i understand yeah um that's that's good way of feedback is that sort of like the uh business side that you were talking about earlier yeah yeah i think it's the stuff i'm looking at now um i'm not too far from completing my pt um course and probably a couple of months away so that's okay. that's nice nice to have and yeah yeah um, the the striker stuff i was meant to kind of go into peterborough and do a bit of work with them but obviously that's kind of been put on the back burner with everything that's going on. Yeah, but it's still, uh, still there. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I can go in and, and do stuff like learn stuff and watch and, and go and do stuff with the youth team and just kind of practice. And I've got a few friends, like I'm still, I've got Jack Marriott, still a good friend. And yeah. I do the, like the Wiccan boys who, who who like might want to do stuff. But it's, it's kind of like, I've just got to get it sorted first and then worry about all of that later on down the line. Yeah, no, that's that's really good, mate. Um, but I've got I've got last question to leave you off with. Yep. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, I think just just someone who who gave everything to the game. I think every time I played, I I, I run my heart out and I, I, I tried to play every game like it was my last. Like I wanted to, like, kind of 